0: All right, uh, Mayor Paul Tenhaken. Thank you for joining me on this success mindset uh, conversation. My pleasure to have you, man. I'm, I got a lot of lot to want to unpack around this this topic of mine, which is one of my favorites: is success. Uh, first thing that comes to mind: we just came off of sharing the stage together at CultureCon, was uh, starting an event, uh, and the theme of this year was "Let's figure it out." And I think back to uh, you've been in office three years now. Just over three, yeah, and half, three and a half. Three and a half. or so. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to figure a few things out, Uh, flooding, tornadoes, COVID pandemic, all these different things. Uh, What is, what has success meant to you? Or how do you view success just in terms of like your current role over these last few years? Cause obviously this is nothing you could have saw coming. Yeah, man. Well, great question. Thanks for having me on. Um,
1: You know, it used to be before I got into office, a lot of times success is determined by how others view us a lot of people struggle with Mm -hmm. uh success being tied to our acceptance by others do others see me as successful do others appreciate what i'm doing do others like what i'm doing well in in this role in office not only do you know people sometimes not like what you're doing but they don't hesitate to tell you that (laughs) you know so you i had to pivot like really quickly to move from success is about pleasing people Mm -hmm. to success is about doing what you know in your heart of hearts is the right thing, even though it may be the hard thing to do. And sometimes telling people uh, the truth, even if they don't want to hear it, is the right thing to do. Um, And it may not be popular, but it's what the community needs. So the last, you know, two years specifically, we've just had to have a lot of hard conversations on why we're not going to do this mask mandate here or why we're going to, you know, attack this problem this way and when Mm -hmm. everybody else thinks you should do it in a different way. And so for me, uh, and you know this about me, my faith is really important to me. Mm -hmm. You know, my faith is kind of central, my North Star to who I am, you know, as a Christian dad and a husband and now as a mayor. And so I have to always ask, okay, What's the right moral, ethical thing to do? And that's what success looks like. It's no longer about money or power or anything like that. It's, it's about how is this the right thing for people and how is this the right thing for, um, for the values and morals that I know are kind of my North Star. And um, I think people appreciate that. You know, I'm, I'm bold in my faith and, and yeah. I don't run away from it. And I think people appreciate knowing that someone is in office who has a belief system, even if it may not be their belief system, yeah they just like to know okay, at least this guy has some sort of ethical fiber you yes. know by which he's making decisions so uh you know we talk about moving from success to significance, and so for me, success is much much less uh, about uh, bank accounts or job titles or anything like that anymore, and more about how are you impacting the lives of people because I think there's no higher level of success than knowing like you changed the fabric of someone you changed a community you changed people for the better
0: for sure those are things that you won't regret at the end of the day uh, which i think is a great lesson for all of us right again it's, it's that what is your north star getting people to really wrestle with like what is your north star especially in a world where we conform right from the age of grade school like no one wants to stand out so we conform to right. our classmates and you get into society and most people are just doing the things this way But challenging folks to wrestle with with your north star uh let's let's go back a little bit i think um you know i'm not sure everyone knows i think most people would know that you started a successful company out of this building we're in Ethan railroad uh we actually had some good conversations i think we're following some of your footsteps and some of the offices that you've been in uh now that we occupy a few spaces but take us back to you know what what led you to launch your own company Um, How did you view success in that realm? And what are some of the things that really, as a budding entrepreneur, right, where they say a high majority of businesses fail in the first five years, what were some of those keys that kept you going and and you were able to build a successful organization?
1: Yeah, well, you know,
0: to to your point, yeah, right across the
1: hall was my second office at a company called Click Crane, which I started, you know, here in Sioux Falls in 2008. And I did that for 10 years before becoming mayor in 18. So for those... 10 years, ran a digital marketing agency, absolutely loved it. Uh, We grew to 35 people, uh, and then I left to uh, get into politics and into this job. But what really made me want to take the leap to become an entrepreneur and do that was a few things. One was the timing of the market. So in 2008, if you think about 2008, uh, recession, Mm -hmm. just coming through a recession, uh, Barack Obama had just won the White House, and he won the White House using digital marketing like no one had ever seen in politics before. His digital targeting was so good and he raised so much money online from small dollar donors. So mm-hmm. um I saw this and I saw this tsunami of social media coming. At that time Facebook was only for college students, uh Twitter was a little <laughs> back to
0: that. I know. There was no
1: YouTube, <laughs> there was you know there was no Instagram, there was none of that. So my first client in this building was a, a guy running for US Senate. I built him a MySpace page. Because you know, And so my first three or four projects, I built MySpace pages. MySpace. Yeah. People listening, depending on how old they are, like, oh, MySpace, I remember that. Look it up, yeah. Um, and so the timing was good to start that sort of business. But second, I had worked for, you know, seven, eight years before that for someone else. Mm. And at some point, you just kind of get the itch, at least I did, to say, I want to kind of craft my own destiny. You yeah. know, it's, I feel like I'm making other people successful um, with my talents. And that's okay, but I want to see if I can make my, myself successful. And at that point, success means, I'll be honest, it means money and growing a business. You know, when you're younger, and I'm 43 now, but, you know, I was 30 at the time, you're driven by this notion that success means big bank account, 401k, you know, bigger house, nicer car, all these things. And so over the course of, you know, the next four or five years, I really chased that and um, is very hollow. I mean, that's a very hollow thing to chase. Cause I can tell you there's always someone that is gonna make more money than you mm-hmm. or has a bigger house or has a better job title. And there's always that, Well, if I could just be like that guy, he yeah. makes a hundred grand. So if I yeah. could make once you're making a hundred grand, it's like, man, if I could only make 200, grand, look how much that money money that guy makes and that lady makes. And then you just, it's it, you just chase your tail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, toward the end of my time at ClickRain, or actually about four or five years in the company, I started to wrestle with that. So, you know, God, what do you want me to be doing with my life? What's my legacy? I mean, if I was to die today and people came to stand over my casket at the funeral home, what would they say? You know, and honestly, I felt like at that time they people would have said, yeah, this guy, he just started business. He's got a good digital marketing company. It's too, too soon, man. We lost him too soon like what a hollow thing to say what a terrible legacy said oh he was a digital marketing entrepreneur like that's that was that started to mess with me mm. like what's my impact on this earth yeah and i hope it's not just building websites and so the concept of moving from success as the world defines it to significance it's like okay i want to start impacting people so that's yeah. when i really started getting involved going to haiti and overseas mission causes and started to bring more kind of mission work into my business. Um, started to to look at running for office and say, okay, maybe that's what success is going to look like for me—is like serving people in a different way, putting kind of earthly pursuits aside. It's mm-hmm. okay for this next chapter. I'm going to try and serve my community and make my community better. So that's kind of a long story of of how I transitioned both into entrepreneurship and slowly unwound myself out of it to get into
0: you know the role of mayor, which I'm in today. That's fantastic. I think what I love about that is, you know, it started with again, you said, where do I start? Haiti stuff and and saying, how can I take the next step, right? Because most people, and why this is an important discussion for me is for folks to say, I can find my own path of success. It's not to run for office. Like, again, I said that culture, cut. I, I applaud you because I would never run for office, right? Where in your best day, you can make 60% of people happy. Um, <laughs> but, but for folks to say, again, what is that, that next stepping stone? And I think we can, we can look at folks that go through this midlife crisis, if you would, you find it often 40s and 50s. It's people find themselves doing what the world says, find a good job, climb the ladder, build the house, and then, okay, you get it.
1: and You know I mean, what? Some of the saddest people I know are people who are either retired or who have extreme wealth, Mm -hmm. um, but haven't found their purpose. And and so your purpose and your calling can't be tied to your occupation because if you only find fulfillment in your occupation, as soon as you get laid off or quit or the company goes away, your whole identity is gone. Yeah. You know, so I think of, you know, I think of someone like you, like your identity. Is not just as a Think 3D guy. You're a community builder, mm-hmm. and so if this company Think 3D went away, okay, your identity is not totally wrapped up in being, you know, co-founder of Think 3D. Your, yeah. your identity is in a being a community builder, and you could go continue to do that as a greeter at Walmart. I mean, you could do a lot of different things, but your identity is bigger than just being a co-founder of this company. And too many people are defined by that LinkedIn profile, you know, the, in, in their title and so forth. So. You talked about, you know, people in their 40s and 50s kind of going through this, this this you know, halftime. And I say halftime because there's a book by Bob Buford called Halftime. And the book really challenges you to uh, look at, okay, what's the second half of your life look like? How do you finish well? Um, that first half is full of family, full of getting your career route set down, you know, getting a home, figuring out who you are you know, as a person and what... What God wants you to do for a career. The second half is like, okay, now how do I tr- transition this f- to a calling? Mm-hmm. Because an occupation, you know, the root word of occupation is occupy. And right. so, if you look at an occupation, just occupies your time while yeah. you're on this earth. It's That's a very, thought. it's a very depressing way to look at. it. It's like this is just <laughs> occupying my time <laughs> yeah. until I die. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you're not going to find fulfillment in an occupation. You're going to find it in a calling. Yeah. And some people are lucky enough to have their calling in their occupation align and that's great you know for me my calling is to serve people mm-hmm. i love to serve people and love on people and i could do that in a bunch of different occupations yeah. i did it at click Rain, you know as a founder now i'm doing it as a mayor and when this chapter's done i'll do it in whatever
0: you know door opens next yeah that's really good i think um i actually shared when i was at uh, the the leadership summit um you know uh, halftime adjustments right any effective coach In history whatever sport is great at halftime adjustments sometimes you have a game plan you think it's going to go a certain way and first half you get punched in the mouth right but the most effective are the ones that can make those adjustments and i was sharing with um jeff griffin yesterday on a podcast we were doing in, in the thought of um napoleon hill's think and grow rich the average age of the individuals who were At the level of success that he studied over 500 of the greatest leaders of the time was in their 40s because i think there's something to be said of reflection i think there's something that you were saying about just again the quicker you can learn like what the world says success is isn't where it's at we believe that um you know success is in the secret but it's found through self-discovery so as you think about you know as you kind of found yourself found your identity what are some of the things that then from there you've done or you are continually doing to fill your cup, to, to grow yourself, to develop yourself, so that way you're prepared from a skill set standpoint to continue to have, be equipped to be successful, how you define it today? Mm-hmm. Great question. You know, And
1: w- one of the things that I have continued to do, even as a mayor that I did when I was in the private sector is I set quarterly goals for myself, mm. right? And that includes... Who are five people I want to meet with this quarter? Okay. Um, what are some books I want to read, or how often do I want to spend time in my personal devotions? What race do I want to run, and I'm talking physical race. I like to run and be. In, I like to do triathlons and so forth. So I set these goals each quarter because if you, if you're not setting goals and being intentional, life just like takes over. Yeah. So you know, one of the one of the favorite things that I do is I say, okay, who are five people this quarter? that I just either need to reconnect with or I've never met, but I feel like I should meet them. I see them a lot. I hear about them a lot. Sometimes I throw the buoy way out there. Like, you know, people outside this market who I'm just going to reach out to. and Maybe they'll take a meeting with me. Maybe they'll take a Zoom call with me. And nine times out of 10, they do. Mm-hmm. Just because they're flattered that you reach out to them. And yeah. a lot of times they have nothing to do with me as a mayor or nothing to do with politics. I just want to grow as a person and like learn from them. Yeah. And so as, as soon as you feel like you've arrived and you don't need to invest in yourself anymore and you feel like you've made it, that's when that complacency will really come and come and bite you. Uh, and so life is a continual learning process. For me, I'm not a great reader. I shouldn't say I'm like, like a slow reader. I just, reading is hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love podcasts. I immerse myself in podcasts all the time. I'll listen to this one. I listen to, you know, John Maxwell. I listen to John Gordon. I listen to some local podcasts like Adam Weber and others. Those really fill my cup on drives. Every day when I'm driving in, I listen to a different podcast. It mm-hmm. charges my batteries. That's why I love that you're doing this, because this is the kind of like absorbable, easy-to-digest content I think people are after right now. So yeah. those are a few things I do. But then the other thing I think that's so important, man, that uh, the last year and a half has really taught us is that we need to take care of our bodies physically. Mm-hmm. And some of the um, the impacts of COVID that we don't talk about enough for those that went into COVID, not healthy. Yeah. Didn't come out of COVID well. Yeah, and so that's high blood pressure, and that's obesity, and that's smoking, and that's eating too much fast food or drinking a lot of alcohol or, you know, whatever. Um, the history has now shown us over the past eight months. We got to take care of ourselves, and, and uh, I think we're not talking about that enough. We're talking about how to prevent a virus, but we got to talk about how do we stay more resilient in the event that another COVID comes, which it absolutely will.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think um, it's not talked about enough, right? We want to, I've been on this kick of, you know, uh, a few different people I follow talk about, they say, everything is my fault, right? I just read the, or listened to the Jocko um, book, Extreme Ownership, right? And it's not to say literally feeling bad about it, but it's just taking ownership, right? It's saying, if I could do something, I don't care if it's 1%, but what can we do so i think that's great conversation to evolve from but you mentioned reaching out to folks so i think which is a huge part of it um yeah, i challenge oftentimes you know you think back to the most memorable moments that you have in life um usually has to do with almost every time has to do with other people uh next week with some friends and i we get to go to dominican republic and we got four couples going my wife and i went um we're about to hit 15 year anniversary and our 10 year anniversary was just my wife and i and so again i've learned again it's just better with more people right in, in those type of things but i'm on, on the path as you reach out to people talk about how how relationships really added value to your journey how is that how do you glean from those conversations? How do you, beyond just the networking side of you know beneficial stuff, but how is that poured into you in, in building and expanding your network of people?
1: Well, I'll tell you, the older I get, not to sound like some old, old man <laughs> up sitting on a mountain or anything. <laughs> I'm a year behind you, so yeah, make sure you're, <laughs> no, no. you are not know. We're, we're seasoned. Both we're some we're salt, seasoned. Yeah, getting some we're seasoned. salt and pepper. But the older I get, the more I'm beginning to appreciate diverse viewpoints that aren't like mine, mm-hmm. right? And so I think I've tried to get better at surrounding myself with people that don't think like me, don't look like me, don't talk like me. Um, And sometimes who I just quite honestly just don't agree with. But that doesn't mean they're wrong and that doesn't mean they're bad people. And that doesn't mean I shouldn't seek to understand where they're coming from. And part of that is this job, you know, just Mm -hmm. as as mayor, I have 200,000 people with 200,000 opinions, you know, Mm -hmm. on different things. And so, if you go into a job like this, really hell bent on your ways and set in stone, you're going to really struggle because you have to be able to say you know what i don't I don't have this completely right mm-hmm. i was I was probably a little wrong on this um you know my belief system here maybe should pivot to better align with you know what scriptures really say and how i you know maybe have misinterpreted that so I've tried to become more self-aware of just who I am and some maybe internal biases that I've always had and yeah. just never realized and uncovered. So, so to kind of answer the question, I think surrounding yourself with people who aren't like you—more yep. people need to do that. Yes, and you know, broaden their network. And unfortunately, social media has been the opposite of that, where it becomes you know this echo chamber of people with similar belief systems. It only makes <sighs> us double down instead yeah. of making us you know shut that off and go out to coffee with someone and have a logical conversation, you know, <laughs> What's face that? to face. logical conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I, I found that people who are just vehemently disagree with me or oppose me on the Internet in in person, they're, they're lovely people, yep, you know, but the keyboard muscles get so Man. strong that it, it's hard for, to have any sort of logical conversation behind a keyboard. So you got to get out and start to have conversations in the community more. Um, which I know you're a big evangelist of. We have a community mm-hmm. table event coming up where we can have conversations face to face. That's where real progress happens. Yeah,
0: a lot of uh, keyboard gangsters out there. Yes, uh, for sure. <laughs> really tough behind that. Uh, what's your vision as you as you think about um, you know the, the future of our community? Obviously, you're running for uh, another term again. I'm confident in the results of that. But uh, as you think about being in office now, another four and a half years, and the impact and what you see ahead of us uh you know we have 40 percent diversity coming out of our schools obviously our growth is is just crazy right now and will probably continue to be crazy what is, what is success in your mind in terms of our community what are some of the things that you're hopeful as we now have more diversity than we've ever had now we have different businesses here what, what are some of the things mm-hmm. you're looking forward to and helping to frame up what success for our community looks like yeah right?
1: well you touched on it in that you know, we have record growth happening right now mm-hmm. and the number of people moving here, the number of housing permits we're issuing, record low unemployment, uh, record number of diverse kids coming out of our school system, entering the workforce. And so we have transitioned from being kind of a small, you know, city to we're a big city. And we got to start in some ways acting like a big city. Yeah. And how do you do that? Well, one One thing you have to do is continue to create community and make sure that the community fiber that has made Sioux Falls so great doesn't get lost or doesn't get split as we grow up. Because some cities that are struggling right now with whether it be policing or racial tensions or crime or homelessness, they were all 200,000 person Sioux Fallses at one point too. Yep. And so yep. what, what steps do we need to take now? Uh, And what lessons can we learn from some of those other communities to make sure our homeless problem uh, doesn't get to be too big? We Mm -hmm. talked about that off air a little bit. And what are we doing to set up our next generation of leaders, Uh, leaders of color, leaders from different backgrounds, diverse communities, so that we have a, a, a broader opportunity set for kids coming out of school, both educationally as well as involvement in the community. How are we making sure that our crime rates stay manageable? I mean, we had over five thousand people come into this community last year, and you know they're not all white collar, you know, pharmacists and lawyers. I mean, you get some some rough people coming in too, and that's we've seen it in some crime numbers. So, how are we making sure that we stay ahead of that? And on top of that, so public safety is going to continue to be important for me that we have a strong community based policing model, but also a police department that continues to be trusted and respected in the community and that's a two-way street you know both with the community as well as with our law enforcement that uh they know that the bar has been raised on how you have to police in a community and it's it's hard so keeping the community investable livable strong school system safe as we continue to experience this record growth that is this balance that i try and strike every day Mm -hmm. and i think in the next three or four years That work is just going to be really, really important. There's other stuff we'll do, you know, Tamian People want to talk about baseball stadium and, you know, uh, maybe a new arena and hotel complexes. And we're expanding our wastewater plant. And I don't want to discount any of that because we got a lot. We're doing all that work, too. Um, But what is a city but the people? So if you're not investing in the people, you don't need a bigger wastewater plant. You don't need a baseball (laughs) city. You don't need all this other stuff. If you're not investing in the people and keeping the community safe and livable for those folks
0: yeah well i know we share uh same sentiment around um one of the keystones of that is is raising up that next next wave of leaders right leaders tomorrow you're huge on mentorship what are, you know if you could um what are, what are those few key pieces of advice you know you think is important that we can pass on to that 18 22 year old for them to wrap their head around um you know knowledge is power to a degree, but it's a, a applied knowledge that's really power, and then it's experience knowledge that's wisdom. What are, what are a few of those pieces of wisdom through mentorship that we that we could help our younger folks really wrap their head around so they could get to our age of wisdom, if you would, a little bit faster yeah. uh, and, and navigate the course ahead of them better?
1: Great question, man. And I think I'll answer it how I just answered this question yesterday because I had a, a young guy reach out to me. He's 21. He wanted to go out to lunch, um, didn't know him. But he wants to, you know, pick my brain and, you know, for your listeners, I I rarely turn down the opportunity to have coffee or lunch with a young person, 18 to 23, mm-hmm. because that age, I think, is so important and they don't get enough attention. We have a lot of school based mentors that are, you know, when you're in high school and middle school and. Once you're outside of college, you, you, you have a little bit more of a network and circle, and you're a little more established. People in that 18 to 23 range are really figuring out life. Yeah. So this kid reached out to me. We went and had coffee, and he's like, What advice would you give you know, to your 21 year old mm-hmm. self? And, and patience is so important. Patience, 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 because that generation wants to conquer the world, man. Tomorrow. And they, they want to do it tomorrow. <laughs> and they want to make six figures doing it, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, and it's like, you will do that. And I told this kid, I can tell you, you're going to go places. You're a hard charger. But he laid out his business plan for his business and his real estate model. And he was going to own all these properties. And he was going to have six employees and he was going to operate in these three states. I said, dude, you just got to slow down because uh, I hope that all happens. Yeah. But... A pandemic may come tomorrow and the real estate market is going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then what are you going to do? So you got to be willing to pivot. Don't plan out 10 years from now. Plan out 10 months from now and just have patience. Yeah. I graduated with a degree in graphic design. I was going to be a web designer and I hated politics. When I'm 43 <laughs> years old. You know, I'm a are. mayor. I don't know anything about web design anymore. You have to be open to pivoting based on where that calling might lead you and take you. So to those young people, one, we need you to stay active and engaged in your community. Yeah. Especially in Sioux Falls, I think that's what makes our community great is young people put their hand up and get involved. Um, but two is have patience. I mean, change happens in, in increments of two degrees, you know, two degrees of change. Just make one incremental change here, one incremental change here. You know, be
0: the light over here. And that's how yeah. you start
1: to slowly, you know, change the culture of a community
0: yeah that's really good we said a word there, A thought came to mind was adaptability right and, and how do you adapt to those environments um one of my favorite quotes from nelson mandela he had said i never lose which is <laughs> really hard to think about from a person who was 27 years in jail but he said i never lose i only win or i learn and so how have you how do you view adaptability and the ability to again even in the worst times right in the middle of like the seemingly the world falling apart how do you look for look for those learning moments so you can continue the growth, but, but are able to adapt because there's no crystal ball. We don't know what happens tomorrow, but how does, how does adaptability uh, play out for you in terms of the success path or journey? Well, I'll tell you the last year, and I'll just
1: be vulnerable for a minute, 2020, hardest year in my life, and specifically April and May and November, December, when our COVID numbers were very high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very hard for me to see the light at the end of the tunnel. People were angry. Uh, the national media was all over us. Um, I had extra security on my home at some points because of what people were saying to me. And, and you know, it was a very low time for me. And it was a very dark time. So what I had to do, Tammy, was just like step out of myself and remind myself that one, this too shall pass. This is gonna be over at some point. but. There are books and books and books written on leadership and you know, leading with integrity and leading with courage. And instead of reading that and thinking how I would apply it, like I have the opportunity right now to like put this stuff into action.
0: Yeah. Like
1: this is this is the Super Bowl of leadership I'm in right now. Yeah. And like what a blessing, what an opportunity yeah. this is. So I had to shift my mindset to say, woe is me, to like, wow, you know how many people would love to be quarterbacking? The leadership Super Bowl right now in Sioux yep. Falls, and I'm yep. the quarterback. What yes. a what an opportunity! So it was just a mindset shift for me, and so that's what I always encourage people to do: is is shift from that that have to to get to. It's like oh, I have to go to work today, I have to go to this meeting after work. No, I get to go there. Yep. Like what a privilege it is for me to do this, and that really carried me through, um, and just made me think differently about all the tough times we were going through as looking at them as a privilege and an honor and a blessing instead of this huge burden.
0: Yeah. That's okay. If you guys are listening out there, that's such sage advice, <laughs> if you would, because we, the, the, our emotions run so much of our lives in the moment. It, it sucks. It feels X right. Uh, one of my favorite um, artists out there is uh, rest in peace, Nipsey hustle. And he, there's this, this thing that I, I listen to and he's like, you know obviously he started from nothing from you know the the hood and and, and grew this multi million dollar kind of empire um and he said, this is what it's supposed to feel like. It's not supposed to feel good. Like, what do you think it's literally like? This is what you're asking for. You know, if you don't like that, then get a safe job and don't ask any questions, right? Uh, so I think that's such sage advice to be able to say, you know, when you feel like it's too much, that this is what it's supposed to feel like, right? Mm-hmm. That, that burden, we ask totally.
1: And I think I, I might've said this at CultureCon when we were speaking, but some of, the, some of the most applicable leadership lessons you will experience in your life come in those seasons when you're not looking for them and you maybe don't even want them. So you have to p- like pay attention and notice that, like, what am I learning about myself right now in this season and how can I apply this later on? So just always be self-aware of what leadership lesson am I in right now that I'm learning about myself that I'll be able to apply in my future self you know, yeah. when, I, when I'm you know, a year two,
0: five years down the road. Yeah, how do you, how do you gain hindsight in the moment? Right, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> And and just noticing, like, hey, something's clicking here. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so worked up? Or why am I so anxious or depressed or sad or excited right now? And think about, okay, that's triggering me for a reason. And take that lesson and apply it and, and put it away. Me, that looks like an Evernote file that I have in my Evernotes. And I'm just constantly putting leadership lessons in there, stuff I'm learning about myself. When I read something, I just jot it in there. Um, and someday it's going to be one heck of a diary because it's just this, it's pages of I'm stuff. Hearing that I'm hearing a book. I'm, I'm hearing a book there. M- may, <laughs> maybe, picture book. <laughs> uh, and so I'd encourage people to do that journal. Journal those things down yeah. because you never know when you have to like harken back to that and learn from it.
0: Yeah, really good. Uh, last question for me, uh, one of our sayings, you know, we believe that um, you, know, you should live, live life with intention. But, you know, uh, I think often about legacy, you mentioned that earlier, and in One of the things that drives me is that picture of visiting my grandfather in a nursing home and just to see folks just getting wheeled out and sit in the hallway. And that haunts me to a degree of like, how do I start thinking about legacy now? Um, But I believe that, you know, a life of regret is one that is filled with an abundance of unintentional living. So how do you think about the rocking chair test? Have you ever heard the rocking chair test? Like what what are some of those few things for you that. 80 years old uh you're sitting in the rocking chair and 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 you'll smile back at your life with satisfaction if you if if you do these few things uh from here to there
1: man great question and i've never had anyone ask it in that that way before one the vikes need to win a super bowl (laughs) between now and then if they don't uh, my life is wasted Uh, but you know for me tamian um and I, I always call it the eulogy test. You're, you're using a rocking chair like you're still alive. I'm mm-hmm. using the, hey, I passed, and people come, and they eulogize and what are they going to say? And for me, I would want people um, to say that Paul was a leader that cared and loved for everyone, and his, his, his only agenda um, was to be the hands and feet of Christ to everyone he came across, and that's it. He just loved people, and that would be incredibly rewarding to me and so what does that look like? That, that for me, that means taking the 21-year-old kid out to lunch when I'm busy as heck, and I don't have time, and I paid for the lunch, you know he didn't, you know, th- didn't even offer to pay. <laughs> and I'm like, that's okay. This is my continued investment in people, all these things, And I just hope that kid someday looks back and like, "You know what? You remember when the mayor took me out to lunch mm-hmm. and he bought me lunch for no other reason than he just wanted to invest in me that to me is an incredible legacy that we should all strive for, is how are we investing in people? So it's not about buildings. It's not about my name on anything. It's not about bank account size. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just being a person who loves other people. And
0: that's what kind of drives
1: me every day. Yeah,
0: the place that matters most is, is capturing there, right? So that's, that's really good. I appreciate you taking the time, dropping some jewels, dropping some nuggets. You know, Again, success is, is something that we all can strive for. I think, you know, as I said, at CultureCon, um, Step one is defining it for yourselves. And so, again, getting folks to wrap their head around that. But appreciate you, first of all, for all you've done for the community. Uh, Looking forward to, again, working with you in the next four and a half years. um, We'll see, man. Voters have me. We'll see. (laughs) Awesome. But appreciate your time, and uh, thank you for uh, taking the time with us today. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.